evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mahoning Drive-In Theater, the largest single-screen drive-in in the United States. We're certainly glad you could be with us this evening. And don't forget the concession stand is open with all kinds of great things to eat and drink. Mahoning Drive-In Radio, your old friend Virgil back once again for another exciting episode of the podcast, and today is one for the books. But as you guys know, our podcast, Mahoning Drive-In Radio, the only podcast dedicated to the revival of our beloved drive-in culture. Um, And of course, I'm joined as always with my co-host and general manager extraordinaire, Mark. Say hello, Mark. Hi, generally manage. Hello. (laughs) And we are over the moon because today we have a legend on the show, actress, singer, author, animal lover, but to us, really a part of the family here at the Mahoney. Uh, Welcome, Linnea Quigley. Ooh, everybody clap. Yay! (laughs) Well, thank you for making the time for us. We are so, so excited. It's early where you are. Where are you located? You're West Coast? I'm in California. Yeah. So it's early, but I get up at like six o'clock because of all the animals. So right, it, that's not, it's not early. It's like, I'm, I'm already tired. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, for those people who don't know, and it would be crazy if you don't, Linnea is connected to the Mahoning Drive-In Theater through the Joe Bob Jamboree, as well as VHS Fest last year. But if you're a fan of the Mahoning, chances are you are a fan of Linnea. But we wanted to talk a little bit today about your experience with drive-ins being a podcast that's hyper-focused on it. Do you have those memories as a kid or growing up with drive-ins? Oh my gosh, they're seared in my brain. I mean, I like we had a cabin and every weekend my dad took us like kids to the like, you know, my friends and me to the drive-in in Grinnell, Iowa. Yeah. And I got to see the best films, which kind of like led me into what I'm doing now. But I would see um, Boxcar Bertha and Women in Cages and Flies on Grey Velvet and like these great films. And Billy Jack, like about 20 times I went and saw that. And so I was like, you know, born on drive-ins. In fact, even now to this day, I would rather see a movie at the drive-in than anywhere It is. It's one of those things that we always say, it it burrows into your heart and really does influence you as a kid. You said that that's kind of what geared you into what you do as far as acting. I think it did because I saw those, those films were more important to me than going and seeing like Jungle Book or a Disney film. Right. Stuff that's made for the kid. Right. Yeah. I, and so I, I, got this love of b-movies so when i was i was trying acting i i think i gravitated toward that because i loved it so much and it seems so much there's so much heart into it yeah i mean that b-movie grindhouse era is is what a lot of people connect to the drive-in like what we're doing at the mahoney is kind of a a modern twist on the drive-in but when we bring up drive-in to people who aren't connected to the mahoning they think about the teen hangout car culture revival of the drive-in when things kind of shifted and it sounds like that's when you got your your early deep dish which naturally will influence (laughs) 
anybody's oh, yeah. seen those titles. And everybody was jealous about the kids that had a house that was like at the, you know, where they could see from their house. That was my dream forever. Oh my God. I know, wasn't it? Wasn't it <laughs> so you could just sit in your backyard and watch it, sit on your roof. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was like the dream house. In the town I grew up in, the the range, and it's true of the Mahoning too, the, the range of the radio broadcast of the drive-in went for like miles in a certain direction. So it was always kind of oh. cool to be able to tune your car radio as you drove by and kind of hear a little bit of the movie. But there were people in my town who had houses that were on a ridge above the drive-in and they could totally see the screen. I know, and we were all jealous, like, oh, they can see it every night. You know? <laughs> So was it your parents who were bringing you to see all the fun stuff? The uh, the Billy Jacks and the Boxcar Berthas and sing? Oh, yeah. Oh, those My are dad was parents. like relegated to take us, you know. And so he had to sit through these movies, which he probably liked them too, from when you got there until midnight, one o'clock, because it was usually two or three movies a night. Oh, yeah. Back then, I mean, the Grindhouse era, they would, they would truck in. Sometimes those dust till dawns. Because it was so geared toward the teens. They wanted the teens to come out and hang out all night. Some people say that's kind of what, what drove the drive-in down, is it got kind of a bad reputation. It became like a, a teen hangout that wasn't safe for people to take their kids to, you know? But, um... I mean, it's 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 the culture obviously has shifted multiple times since the birth yeah. of the drive-in, but... You know, again, I point to it. That's certainly what what the Mahoning leans into is kind of that grindhouse era. Those titles that'll really kind of blow your mind seeing it larger than life outdoors, you know? Yes. And, you know, you're not you can talk during the movie. You feel much more free. You've got you don't have the air conditioner blowing on you. And it's social, you know, you know that's yeah. that's certainly where we found our footing is. You know, the, the drive-in was born as kind of a, a means to get out of your head after a long day of work or a long day with the kids. And, you know, it's it, nowadays it's an essential thing to have a place to get out of your head and get together with your community. Do we have anything like that that's, you know, so kind of connected besides kind of ball games and, and music, you know, but even and that. And Starbucks together. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like. <laughs> It's not exactly that Same. great. Yeah. Yeah. Those, you know, those one on one experiences. We talk about the, you know, the indoor movie theater experience now and how kind of sterile it is that you're really renting a seat, you know, and you're lucky yeah. to have a, a hello and goodbye conversation with somebody at the concession lobby. But yeah. driving is something totally different. Yeah, and if you talk, you know, people give you bad looks and yes. it's, you know, like, yep. it, you know, or if your phone goes off, or, you know, people are so judgmental in a movie theater. Yeah, it's it's a different, a different world. And I ran indoors and seeing kind of behind the curtain, you see how, you know, sterile it is. But yeah. What what we love is obviously the kind of Comic-Con atmosphere of it all, the fandom of it all, bringing yes. fans together. And like we said, you were gracious enough to join us for not one, but two events last year with VHS Fest and Joe Bob. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, your experiences oh coming into the-, the I, I loved it. You're my favorite drive-in. I mean, oh, the people flocked there. I mean, they love you guys so much. It's like, it's like family. And I had the most fun time there 
doing the VHS Fest and then doing Joe Bob's show, which I don't even know when that's going to air. You know, which or, it's they said this year, so we've just been kind of waiting and hoping. I mean, it's either way when it drops, it's going to come at a great time just to to put a little heat on the season. You know? Yeah. And I was there at the pentacle of when you guys might have been bought out. I was, you know, and everybody was like fighting for you guys to, you know. You were there the, the week before we got oh. the news with VHS Fest. And you were there the day we got the news that Green Skies was pulling out. You, that's that's why. I was so happy. Everybody connected with that that weekend. It yeah. just feels like so perfect especially for an event that was celebrating drive-ins and had the king of the drive-in there and yes it's storybook i know it and weren't they going to protest or did they protest we were we were planning on doing a march down to the township building and that's right they were planning a whole thing but it never happened because we went public with it and the fans went nuts and bombarded green skies to the point where they called uh, me and was like, we're backing out of this totally. We didn't realize the cultural significance of the place. And, um, you know, again, that's the ending of a movie that we show. <laughs> that's not real life, you know? So it's just... Right. The town goes berserk and everybody around goes berserk and, and all of a sudden they're saved, you know? It's the uprising. Like, yeah. The David yes. versus Goliath. And I think that's really what, what put we already had this legendary status before that, but that's what really yeah. put us um, in full gear with the promotion of drive-ins and the drive-in culture, because we realized, you know, there's there's so many eyes on us looking at what we're doing, and it really does represent the love of the drive-in culture as a whole. So it's, it's really a magical thing, and I, I pinch myself constantly. I think back on it, I'm like, it does feel like a movie. <laughs> that we were actually in. It might be you'll have Spielberg come to you and go, we're going to make a movie about it. <laughs> hey, you never know. The, this this know. whole experience don't know. is it, a magic carpet ride. You know? It'd be a great Spielberg movie. What was funny having you there those those weekends was you were the first guest we ever had where at the end of the, the end of the one weekend I could turn to you and say, see you next week. I don't think we've ever had anybody there two <laughs> in a row. Back to back. Well, it was great because you were a secret. I know. It was so fun. It was so fun. I had the best times, you know, sitting in the concession stand. And that brought back memories and just everybody being so nice. You know, it, it was a great thing. We've been so blessed with the guests that we have. And we knew as soon as we talked that you were going to be a perfect addition to the family. Uh -huh. But speaking of the snack stand, do you, what, what's your memories as a kid? Do you have kind of a go-to, whether indoor theaters or drive-in, as far as uh, a snack for uh, enjoying a movie? You know what? I didn't really eat one. Like most people, you know, get popcorn and stuff. I really didn't. I was so excited to be at the drive-in. I don't think I could eat. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't like going there and getting a snack. It was... It was just all about the movie and the experience for yeah. me. But I, you know, the smell of, you know, it seems like concession stands always look a little warm, you know? Oh yeah. They always do. And it's it's just like the smell of it brought back memories. 
the warm glow and and I I always joke like Pepe Le Pew kind of lifts off the ground when he smells something you know like yes. but if that's what it is with popcorn it's it's just kind of lures you in oh it does and you eat way too much of it and then your stomach hurts <laughs> <laughs> and I love that you guys have veggie burgers there it's oh my god it's so good perfect perfect move you know it's oh, funny yeah. the way we've got vegan veggie options and we've had them for the last few years. And the way it started was with a wrestling event. The wrestlers what? requested a vegan menu and we were like, sure, we can do that. And it became so popular. People thank us often for having those options. And our attitude is why, why exclude anybody? You know, we're, we're here for everybody. Oh yeah. But of, of all the yeah. groups that you would think who would uh, demand or ask politely for vegan options, gigantic wrestlers was probably not the first on my list. <laughs> that is so funny because you imagine them eating a ton of meat exactly. and stuff like that. You know, milkshakes and meat or something. Totally. I don't know. Do you remember the name of any of the drive-ins you went to in your youth or, or even beyond that? Well, let's see. Yeah, it was the Grinnell Drive-In in Grinnell, Iowa. And, um, oh God, I'm trying to think of some of the others because I went to so many. But that was a staple. Always went there. And then went to what was the one in van nuys um van nuys driving okay that made it easy the van nuys driving which i guess isn't wait isn't there anymore i don't think so i don't think so either i think they have one in out like by riverside or something like that another mission tiki i'm not sure too many of the names out there those there's, there's right right but it was so sad because drive-ins were on the way out and yeah. stuck in there and they're they're so popular now. It's nostalgia built in. It's such a strange yeah. thing how nostalgia has taken a turn where it's it's become marketable even for Hollywood. Everything that you see is so focused on the fact that you loved it in your past, you know, and that you'll bring your yes. kids now or whatever the case is. But yeah. uh, have you ever seen, well, obviously at the Mahoning you have, but have you ever seen your own movies at, at the drive-in? I actually, at the Van Nuys drive-in, I went with my husband then, Steve Johnson, to go see Night of the Demons because oh, yeah. for some reason I hadn't seen the um, the premiere. I don't know. I, I don't know why I wasn't there or what happened or what, but I went and it was like so funny because, you know, the drive-in screens are so huge and I'm watching it and the first thing you see of me is my butt on the <laughs> screen. And I like almost died. I was like, oh no. There it is, larger than life for the world to see. <laughs> I forgot that, you know, because you shoot out of order. I forgot that was my first scene in the movie. <laughs> and then another incident, it was really funny. I went um, and saw a movie I did. Oh, my God. It was so long ago. Um, summer Camp. I saw it at a drive-in. Yes. So it was fun. I think that, you know, maybe more than any guests that we've had, you kind of are the perfect drive-in fare as far as your career goes. We could really go through the catalog and so many of your titles have graced our screen. Yay. If we can, let's talk about the career. How did you get into acting? Like what was that uh, that decision and that move? It wasn't really a decision. It was like a challenge. I just thought, okay, I'm so shy. I'm going to try to do this. These two girls convinced me to go with them to an audition. And yeah. it, it was just like, I was a a double stand-in for somebody on some movie with um, Jack Palance. Yes. He was in it, and Saxon, who was like a big drive-in oh, person. Oh, God, yeah. 
you know? And I was like, I thought it was so fun. And I thought, okay, I did that. And then I went on to be an extra for like two seconds in Death Sport 2000. <laughs> a, a new world picture. That's right. Yeah. New world was was sort of the, the heir to AIP. They were like the, I'm not telling, I'm telling everybody stuff they already know. But I, I love New World movies. So the fact that you were on a New World picture is pretty fantastic. Oh, it was really cool. And then um, the Corman one was Death Sport, right? right. Or Death, 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 Race. Death Race. Death, Death Race 2000, uh, he produced. And then the, the sort of a follow-up with David Carradine was De Death Sport. Right, the right. Motor motorcycle? I was for two seconds, too. And I think that was my first besides the other one, really extra, you know, being on a set. And I remember it being so cheap. It was like, it was supposed to be a spaceship and it was like all styrofoam and, <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is like, not like what I imagined. see behind the curtain. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I was a courtesan in um, Death Race and I got to sit by David, David Lynch, is it? No. Carradine, right? Richard, Richard Lynch. Richard Lynch, yes. Richard Lynch on the spaceship. And I, 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 you know, was on there for two seconds again. And I thought that I went to the movie theater to go see it. I thought I was so cool. That's surreal. That is, the, that yeah. is so cool. And that was kind of the fuel. And you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for this. Yeah. So it, I did it like, you know, when you get in the water, I didn't jump in. I just kind of like, you know, put Got my toes in. <laughs> When you talked about being a double and then you said Jack Palance, my, my brain put that together that you were a double for Jack Palance. And I was like, that's not going <laughs> to match. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Yeah. Let's hope not. He was so weird. He, um, I was like sitting, you know, like we were in a house and he was sitting there and he goes, well, would you like to go to dinner? And I, I'm like, oh, I can't. I, I, uh, I left my, my car in Hollywood. I was making up stuff. <laughs> and um, the two girls that had brought me there were gone doing something. And I was just like floundering. And I go, my, my car's in a Hollywood parking lot. I, I can't. And he goes, I'll get my helicopter and we'll get it. And I, I like, oh, I, I snuck out of there. I'm like, ah. <laughs> That's incredible. Like, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny you said that you, you you were the shy girl because, you know, when I think about your career, you certainly are not the shy girl. Oh, my God. I was so shy. I wouldn't even sing in Glee Club. I would mouth the words. I was terrified. And wow. the worst was when they, like, would have you in class go up and sing to see if you're an alto or soprano. Oh, yeah. And you have to do it alone in front of the class. Oh, I... That was like going to jail. It was horrible. <laughs> oh God, nightmare. Oral report was a word that just froze me in my tracks back in my school days. Really? Oh God, oral, having to stand up in front of the class? Forget that. Oh, do you feel like you're all red? And oh, like I oh, I could, exactly. Hot face, no sweaty. your mouth. Uh, uh, we speak the same language, yes. <laughs> that went away oh. years, that went away years ago. But uh, yeah, I remember it well. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. And you think every person is just concentrating on you. It's got to envision the uh, audience naked. That's what they say. <laughs> I know, but then you got to remember what you're going to say. It's hard. 
With your never-ending lineup in your career, what is the movie that people come up and are constantly hitting you up for? Probably, oh, it's a toss-up. Some people love Return of the Living Dead. Some people love Night of the Demons. And then the obscure ones, like uh, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, yeah. Sorority Babes, Rainbow Bolorama. So those are the four that I mainly get, but I would say Return of Living Dead and then a close second, Night of the Demons. I have a great story for Return of Living Dead. We played it year one for our zombie fest. I think it was year one, maybe year two. But wow. my daughter, Zoe, um, at the time was, I think, nine. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're hanging out on the lot. She's helping out in the stand. And she comes out at the perfect timing <laughs> to see you in all your glory. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> and it was like the perfect drive-in moment, you know, and drive-in memory. Because we still, we laugh about that at holidays. <laughs> We're just like, oh, that was your man. intro to the drive-in zone. <laughs> That is so cute. That is so cute. Oh, uh, it was, it I was amazing. That. That's a great name she has too. I love it. Oh yeah. But you know, that's obviously what our whole push is, is as much as we are known as kind of the horror drive-in, the grindhouse drive-in, we do still want to have that element of the, the family fair for, you know, situations like that where people can kind of pass it on yeah. to the youngsters, you know, that's really how the Mahoning is going to stay alive is kind of playing into the younger audience and a family audience. Yeah, that's very true. What was the name of the movie that was showing there too, that you had the guy there that is a rapper kind of with blonde hair? That was a rapper? Well, he's kind of a rapper. He, he makes songs and stuff. Oh, are you talking about Asbestos Felt? That's it. He was in, was not, was not Savage Harvest. He was in because I did a movie with him where he was rapping and stuff like that. And I, I just, he's so funny. He's so Killing funny. spree. That's what he, uh, that's, it. that's yes. it. Killing spree. I probably saw that. He is a trip and he is a party. He was a party at that event, man. Oh my. We had a great time. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. Even with the flood. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, I knew you, it was gonna You got to experience every element. <laughs> yeah, week, those you two got weekends. rain, I, I think, both insane yes. rain both weekends. You had the heat, you had the flood. Uh, I don't know if there were locusts. There were, you had like everything those two weeks. You got you got to see the best and worst when, our environment has offered. Blew everybody's pictures and stuff. Oh, oh my, my God. God. It was mayhem, but I say it, you know, that adds to the event there are people who will be talking about that again forever and the thing we put out to joe bob when when we were planning his event is let's make this like like woodstock and literally day one people turned into mud people <laughs> oh you it, are right you it did. was perfect you know and people it still say funny. that it's like they had a great time even though their uh their campsite floated away <laughs> Exactly. I know. And actually, they a lot of them did. It was like, where's my tent? <laughs> and I love that people stay in tents there. It's like so cool. Oh, yeah. That adds to the community feel, you know, when you can literally spend a weekend with your community and become neighbors with, with people. It's 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 amazing. We've had people meet and get married and now have kids on the lot. It's it's incredible. Oh, my God. I mean, they don't actually 
they don't actually give birth on the lot. <laughs> that we know well, of. selling point. Not yet. <laughs> Visit our birthing tent. Uh, but the, but they do. We we see these people oh. meet and grow, and they keep coming back. And the kids are older, and the kids are talking. The kids are asking for jobs. It's it's pretty amazing. Oh my gosh, that is like cool. That's really cool. You probably don't know this about me, Linnea, but I grew up on a stage. I'm a singer, and I have been in many bands as a lead singer. Never played an instrument, but have always been pushing for the lead in my voice. And Ooh. can we talk about your? your experience on stage in bands because oh sure you sure. were you were there with the punk scene in the 80s and uh yes. had your whole thing so can you let people know like what your involvement was there well i had a band called the skirts in fact i've been talking to the bass player a lot i'll tell you in a minute why we were we would rehearse underneath the pussycat theater on hollywood boulevard where they were constantly showing deep throat or something you know oh, yeah. it's like crazy <laughs> and we would have people like darby from the germs come and you know interrupt us or try to break our instruments and luckily Unreal. we would like you know we had a door so we'd like everybody would get word darby's coming so we'd like close the door and put our bodies against it and it was like it was we had um the go-go's on one side and they were very punk they were like, we love playing with razor blades, you know, and, <laughs> and it, you know, Belinda was on heroin and it was like crazy. Oh. And then the motels were on another side of us. And one time this girl was, I was a prostitute. She was walking Hollywood Boulevard and this guy picked her up who had glasses and was overweight and just kind of like naive and yeah. She came rolling down the stairs because we were in the basement, you know, literally rolling down the <laughs> stairs and foreign fishnets and everything. And oh. he was looking for her. And he's like, is my girlfriend down there? Oh <laughs> my God. Talk and, about a scene. Uh, it was great. We had, um, there was a guy that was like a local kind of like thing. And his name was Spaz Attack. And he would, you know, do these spazzy dances at all the punk places yeah yeah so it was a really great experience i have that so many experiences <laughs> i love it and katie the bass player who's great i played guitar and sang and we both wrote and we had a drummers three three of us guitar bass and drums yeah and she just rescued my rescue dog two days ago in fort lauderdale florida oh wow and i am so grateful for her because my ex died, and this is like a horror movie. Um, the dog was in there with his dead body for at least two or three weeks. Oh my God. And I guess he was a loner and everything. Yeah. And so nobody knew it was a condo. I think they would know. Yeah. But the dog ate his body. Oh my. And then animal control came and took the dog to the pound and you know i was like freaking out holy jeez so, that's like a horror movie it it's literally like yeah it literally is but the dog had to survive you know it's like it did what he knew you know he was gone and you know right. had to do what he had to do the main thing is it has a happy ending even though the other part's not good yeah and you do a lot of work with with dog and animal rescue these days Yes. And, uh, I wanted to yes. give you a, a chance to talk a bit about that because I know it's very important to you and, and, and we love dogs as well. 
Yeah, there's dogs at the drive-in. I love it. Yes. That's right. Bring your puppies. And then a lot of nice ones. Well, what is your involvement? I have a bunch of dogs and cats and goats here. I've got 14 dogs now, four cats and two goats. And I just got a puppy that had a broken leg, so I'm nursing it. And I've got to take it back to get it re-splinted. And I don't know how the puppy's paw, but it's only like six weeks old now. It's very young. Yeah. So you house the puppies back to to health and then find them homes? Yes. That's incredible. But a lot of them, you know, like have neurological problems and some of them don't get placed. So that's why I have a lot, you know, like I have to go to the neurologist an hour and a half away next week with one of my dogs that has a neurological problem. Nothing bad. It's just a checkup. Right. Yeah. You're a saint, Linnea. Oh, Saint wow. Linnea. Saint Linnea. I love that. Maybe that's my name. It's beautiful. And that's the thing. I, I think your heart really shines. And I see it at the tables. I saw men and women melt in front of you. And you just really have this, uh, this brightness and light that really draws people to the table. And uh, there's a lot of people who have had bad experiences at Comic Cons and with, you know, oh. talent. And that sticks with them forever. I've had that too, yeah. Like, what's your uh, what's your approach with uh, going in and meeting fans and doing these fan events? I take it it's become a pretty regular thing. Other by this love of you know B movies and drive-ins and you know yeah. growing up with it, sneaking in when you're not supposed to, watching, <laughs> you know, and then not being able to sleep, and yeah. you know your your parents going, no, you shouldn't have watched that. <laughs> But it's like, I feel like they're family. It's not like I'm going and signing for something I'm not loving. Right. Like, oh, opera or something like that. It's like, you know, I'm in my realm. Yeah. I guess it really helps that you have such an amazing body of work and people go so insane for uh, not just you, but the titles. They become really part of the, the, the horror lexicon and beyond. It's amazing. I mean, even the people that can say "sorry, babes in the slime bubblerama" and remember that. That's <laughs> Did you ever think you'd be, uh, you know, talking about that this many years later? And oh no, not at all. No, I thought the movies would just, you know, come and you're doing them. You think, well, it's either going to be a flop or okay, you know, right. a, you know, hearing but... gone type of thing. Yeah, but and... the fact that it lives on. Yes, just like yeah. the Rocky Horror Picture Show. is like everybody knows that film. Yeah, it still plays in theaters regularly. It's wild. That's what that's what we love being a revival theater is. We can shine a light on titles that might not have that big shine like Rocky Horror that people can experience in a theater if they want to. Yes. Sometimes when we're showing these movies, not to mention the 35 millimeter angle, it's it, to see it on a big screen is like going back in time and sometimes once in a lifetime. That is so cool. That is so cool that you can do that. And I mean, there were so many people there. It was like amazing. I was like shocked. I mean, the, to get into the drive-in, there were cars and cars and cars and lines. It's like the old days. Yeah. Yes. And I got to see my name on the marquee. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. And, you know, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. We can't thank you enough for 
all that you gave us on those two weekends, but um, obviously, is there anything that you're working on now that you want to let the folks know or where they can find you on the social medias and all that stuff? Oh yeah. Linnea Quigley on Instagram and my website is linnea-quigley.com and the Moulin Rouge Rescue is on there and everything I'm doing. I got to work with one of the guys, Ian, who came out to the drive-in just like four months ago in Detroit. And that was fun. Yeah. We did a movie. I think it's called Movie Theater Massacre. I'm not sure if they'll use that title. Yeah. But he was really great. He was a great director and was really, really nice. Oh, that's amazing. And I met him at the drive-in. The connections. The connections. Yes. I'm connected, man. I'm connected. <laughs> and then I'm working on another book, you know, more of a really tell-all book. And I've got my two books out right now that they, like 20 years later, they were found in Denver, Colorado. So I have, I'm screaming as fast as I can. And um, the Bio and Chainsaw book, Linnea Quigley Bio and Chainsaw book. Are those the, the ones that, that, yeah, you found and you were selling on the website? What? I had seen a post about that. How crazy is that? You literally unearthed them. It's nuts. I mean, I had gone there for some show and left them there and then forgot. And luckily somebody stored them in storage. Wow. That's insane. I know. I feel like King Tut, you know, the, 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 you know, when King Tut, they unearthed it. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Literally as you open the yes. box. <laughs> and then it broke my internet because it, it wasn't set up to handle a lot of people coming on at once. And I didn't know people would really want the box. Oh God. And the rabid little... collectors, if they can get I their know, hands on great. it. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. So you're working on a new book. You're still out there uh, working on new projects. You can yep. find uh, find you on all the social medias, all that good stuff. Going to shows. You know. Uh, last year, I had the best time. They did a roast in um, Louisville. Yeah. And it was so funny. I mean, Of you? Clips. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. I was, like, I was a little embarrassed because they were showing clips. Of course. When I was like 18 or something. <laughs> and I'm like. You know, being crazy in these obscure movies like Audition oh. and a Charlie Band film. And it was like, <laughs> oh, my God. You oh, know, that's stuff. incredible. Blast from the it's past. Fun. The Gork <laughs> Yeah. Well, we love you so much. We can't wait to have you back to the theater. We're going to figure it out. Maybe not this season, but certainly for next season, we're going to make something. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. I'll bring my tent. Yeah, now we're talking. You can get fully into the experience. But yeah, yes. we'll make like Linnaeathon or Quigley Fest or something. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love that. A lot of meat on that bone. We love it. Yes. Uh, Mark, anything else for Linnea before we let her go? Uh, just my undying thanks for uh, supporting us, for talking with us today, and uh, for being a fellow drive in fan. Well, I will toast you to the drive-in forever. Cheers to that. Cheers, yes. Love it. Um, all right, we're going to let you go. You're the best. We don't want to take up any more of your time. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Linnea Quigley, guys. I was literally nervous. I hope that was a, a good, proper interview for all you guys to enjoy. Linnea is like royalty 
to us at the Mahoning Drive-In Theater, as the fans, I'm sure, can realize. She has been in so many Mahoning titles that are just absolute gold and will continue to be gold probably for the rest of our lives and play at the Mahoning for the rest of our lives. And she's right up there as far as people that we would put at the top of our list, greatest guests of all time. Mark, what do you think? Are you are you dumbfounded right now? Well, I mean, generally I'm dumb, but uh, it, yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know what, when I watched Hollywood Chainsaw Huckers for the first time in high school, little did I ever think I'd be having a casual conversation with uh, she who performed the dance of the double chainsaws, the virgin dance of the double chainsaws. And funny enough, this morning I was awakened by the sound of chainsaws outside my bedroom window. <laughs> like, it was a how wildly appropriate is this for this day? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. This is another world that we're living in, guys. Uh, we feel so very, very lucky to be able to uh, have these connections. And since we have the connections, we're going to try to bring them on the podcast and talk about their experiences. And God, go into the Van Nuys. Yeah. Like, come on. I've always thought being able to go to California drive-ins in the 70s would have just been like the coolest. Yeah. Van Nuys is that's the one they recreated for Quentin's movie. I believe so. Well, you'll cut it out if it's not. I was just going to say, if we're wrong, nobody will ever hear this. <laughs> but yes, uh, support Linnea in every way that you can. Support her Animal Rescue Foundation. And again, you know she's going to make her way back to the Mahoning Drive-In Theater. Do you have a favorite Linnea movie? I mean, she kind of named her top four, but it's endless. I mean, 164 acting credits. That's unbelievable. I think for me, see, I, you, you always go back to your first, probably Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, but she's she's pretty wonderful in, in many things, including Return of the Living Dead. Pretty iconic, really. I think people have tattoos of her from that movie. It's crazy how connected she is in, in the horror community. Like she's tapped a ton of like franchises and is in so many just gem titles, but I don't know. I mean, for me, it's, I guess it does have to be Return of Living Dead. I mean, that's the one where she really kind of was like brought onto my radar. And then I went down the, uh, the rabbit hole, you know, but for us to do Quigley Fest or the Linnea-thon, there's so much to choose from. We could do that for like years and years and years and years, just because she's attached to so much gold. You know, we got to do a VHS Fest this year. We should play during the intermissions, the horror workout. I remember that was the tape everybody kind of uh, passed around when I was running the Hollywood video. I never came across it on tape. I came across it later in the, the world of illegal downloads. And I never downloaded anything I could legally buy. Let's, let's just let's just clear that up right now. You're like I couldn't get it, so exactly. I had to it, was, it was always that. rare stuff. And I, I, you know, as a fan, I'm like this. This sounds silly, and it was. And I love that it's intentionally pretty hilarious. It's a spoof of workout videos where she's doing, you know, aerobics next to zombies and things like that. And <laughs> that's something that should more or less always be in print in some form or another because it's it's too good to to keep locked up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think she's more than anything, she's kind of become a, a mouthpiece as well for uh, not just women in horror, but for the, the genre. I see her pop up on all sorts of documentaries and things like that as kind of the, the talking head, if you will. But super sweet. And again, can't thank her enough. Hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, the interview with Linnea again. 
uh, support her as much as you can. I mean, how can you not love Linnea Quigley? Until next week, on that note, Jeff, take it away, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for coming out tonight to the Mahoning Drive-In Theater. We hope you'll come back and see us again real soon. The exit is on the right-hand side of the screen at the front of the field, and most importantly, have a very safe trip home. Good night, and God bless you. <laughs>